Soccer in this country, as far as being popular, is a relatively new phenomenon. You know, it's not super new, but it wasn't really on the par with, say, baseball or even hockey. I would say well into the uh, 2000s. But I live in this city that has taken to its local professional soccer team with great reckless abandon, and I guess I'm going to out myself here as a fan of it. Well, I'm a fan of the Atlanta United. Anyway, the Atlanta United has a site, well, they don't have it, but there is a site called Dirty South Soccer, and this is one of the most trafficked websites about soccer in this country, and it's run by a person out of Augusta, Georgia, which is a small town just uh, short of the uh, South Carolina line. Anyway, no matter who I talk to on this podcast, this man is impressive to me. He's impressive because he is a large part of the reason this team is supported by so many people. And yet, he's so humble. He's so very humble. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Usry. Hi, everybody. This is Ben Kitchings of the History Voyager. As always, there are a zillion podcasts out there. Thank you very, very much for listening to mine. Today, I thought I'd do a little change of pace by talking to somebody who... Ha- creates my favorite website, Dirty South Soccer. Please give it up for Mr. Rob Usry. Hey, Ben. Thanks for having me. Well, you're welcome. Um, Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Like, you sound Southern, but where did you come from in this life? Yeah, I was born and raised in Augusta, Georgia, where I live now. Um, haven't traveled much. I lived in Columbia, South Carolina for a year and then moved back to Augusta and basically, you know, laid roots here and it's where I live today. Okay. Okay. You know, America, at least for the U.S. of A., that's not traditionally a, a soccer hotbed. How did you get involved in soccer? Yeah, I mean, I think like most kids, I... I discovered it through, you know, TV, like one, one summer at home, you know, bored as a kid, I stumbled upon it on TV and just fell in love with it. And from watching it on TV to translating it, to playing it in my backyard, to playing it at school, to playing it with friends and, you know, learning about the teams and adopting a team and all that good stuff. It just progressed from there. So I have to really give it credit to finding it on TV. Okay. Shout out to NBC. Um, hey, uh, so before, okay, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, so before the Atlanta United came along, what was your favorite soccer team? Well, it's complicated. When I was a kid, I was really into Manchester United. They were the only team on TV back then, um, on Fox sports world where I kind of discovered the sport. Um, I was really big into them, actually. I, you know, would wake up every morning, every Saturday or Sunday morning and watch them on TV. And if they weren't on TV, I would 
listen to the game on the internet. But you know, as I got older, I just kind of grew uh, grew detached from the 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 you know diehard supporting a team in England where I really didn't have no attachment to. So I've always been a huge uh, U.S. men's national team fan. I still am today. That was really the only team I supported until Atlanta United came along. Okay, cool. Um, actually, um, and this is mainly about you, but I have a Atlanta United story. My story is basically when Atlanta United was announced, I went out to a bar in Atlanta with some buddies of mine and, and we basically like, um, you know, we were, they were kind of chuckling about, they thought like Atlanta United would basically flop. And I was like, you know, I don't think so because look at all the soccer jerseys that are around. Like, you know, but I'll be the first person to say that I didn't think it was going to be nearly the hit that it became. Like I knew it would be a, a hit, but I didn't know it would be nearly as big as it became. Uh, so what was your, I guess, Atlanta United story? Yeah, it's honestly not not as different as yours. I obviously had my doubts when they were first announced. I'm I'm sure I ha- I had some old tweets comparing the the attendance to Turner the the poor attendance at Turner Field with Braves games and thinking you know I don't know how well this is going to work for soccer in Atlanta because you know it just coming up in Georgia you just don't see that many people who are diehard soccer fans especially when you're not with in a, like a, a huge city I don't I didn't live in Atlanta I live like three hours away and there's just not a huge soccer following here so I had my doubts so obviously never foresee force foresaw the the huge success has been uh commercially in you know successful on the field but um it yeah. was it's it was very surprising how well it did so early on okay um and now i'm gonna pat you on the back and this is really why i wanted to have you on my podcast um you literally are one of my favorite websites like you created one of my favorite websites that i go to multiple times a day especially during transfer season um i don't want to put you on the spot or anything but um what's the traffic to that website do you know yeah i mean i don't want to pat myself on the back but we're we're a top 10 overall soccer website on um sp nation we're and we're usually among the top two uh mls soccer websites on sp nation along with the seattle sounders website and correct me if i'm wrong uh but it's it's mainly fans contributing or or are there also like um, journalists contributing? Well, hell, man, you're a journalist. I mean, dude, what am I saying? Um, but you know, like I guess more traditional journalists. Are there more traditional journalists that sort of contribute as well, or is it just fans? Yeah, I would I would consider SB Nation sort of like the minor leagues of journalism. We we find uh, aspiring writers and give them a platform to, you know, hone their craft and get better and go on to bigger and better things. I'm pretty proud to say that uh, people who I've uh, brought along on SP or on Dirty South Soccer have, you know, gone on to go write for the big MLS websites, gone on to bigger publications. I've, I've even had one writer get, you know, a full-time job with Turner Sports. So I think we're we're there to give 
a platform for people who really want to write, who are passionate and really want to show their craft to the world. Yeah, well, I'm here to say, man, it, it's like one of my go-to websites. And I really love that about about this world that we live in now that, you know, we, you and I both can be sort of, you know, in this new media situation because my podcast is way bigger than I would have ever imagined. Um, so what was your, I guess, what was your exposure to the Internet? Your first exposure to the Internet? Um. Back in the day, I was a huge, huge Braves fan. I was, I lived and died Braves. You can find me, you know, in the chat rooms and message boards, you know, like most kids back in the day. I'm sure that's where I really, you know, where it was introduced to the internet um, through that medium. And, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's evolved so much since then with Twitter and, you know, blogs and all kinds of stuff. But I'd say, you know, just the old school chat rooms, the old school message boards, this is really where I started. Yeah, me too. And it, it's sad to say that the old school chat rooms and old school message boards are gone, but they really are. And I didn't discover that until I started thinking of ways to boost this podcast. But yeah, they seem to be pretty much Reddit or nothing, which is sad. Um, well, gosh, man, I mean, like, okay, so take me from Rob uses the internet to Rob discovers a soccer team to Rob basically thinks, gee, I'm going to make a website. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually, you know, pretty corollary to that journey. Um, You know, once I you know, graduated from all the message boards and got onto Twitter, I, you know, started growing a little bit of a following because I guess I, back in the day, I used to make video highlights of U.S. national team players. I grew a bit of a following, like, you know, 1,500 subscribers on YouTube and all that until, you know, copyright strikes and all that kind of took down my channel. But for some reason, people started caring about what I wrote about on Twitter, Um, started growing a bit of a following and, I would, you know, live tweet U.S. national team games, youth team games. And during one youth national team tournament, um, uh, Jeremiah O'Shawn, who is the the the, uh, the editor for SB Nation soccer section, he noticed it, sent me a message and asked me if I would be interested in writing for the U.S. national team blog, uh, Stars and Stripes FC. And I, I said I was. I got introduced to SB Nation through that medium. And I would say maybe six months or a year later was when Atlanta United started really gaining some steam. To, well, they weren't even Atlanta United back then, but they were, you know, it was coming close to, for them to, like, start uh, getting stuff together with their name and their brand. And, like, I approached Jeremiah and was like, are we going to have an SB Nation website for Atlanta? And I was like, I told him I'd be interested in, in running it. And it just started matriculating from there. And then he told me to he told me to start a uh, a starter blog on uh what's I guess it's called Blogspot or some I forget which the or WordPress it's a WordPress it's a free blog or whatever it was like a trial run he told me to get a staff together get a you know how how it would look on the real thing and I got it all I got it all together within you know a month or two 
we proved that what we could do that we would look like a functioning blog and he was like all right we're just gonna bring you on the full platform because we're so impressed with what you're doing and then history from there wow now do you actually i mean do you actually go to the press conferences and, and things like that and or do you attend it virtually or or not well we have writers that do we uh, we have Joe Patrick, who is my co-manager right now, he attends all the press conferences. Well, he did before COVID and all that, and he still does today. He's actually one of the few press members who've gone to every game since they've allowed media back in. Um, since COVID, they've they've actually done um, virtual press conferences where I've participated, but I live three hours away, and it's all it, it's a logistical nightmare for me. But I have I've had writers who've attended, you know, ever since. Before they even started playing games, we've made sure we've had a presence, physical a physical presence, um, in Atlanta since they've started. Yeah. Now, I I don't want to say it, but I want you to say it. Would you mind throwing out into the internet some fun statistics about the attendance of Atlanta United pre-COVID into the world, so that because I have people. Who listen to this they've never heard of the atlanta united and they they don't know how big this team really is so well let's see i don't have the numbers directly in my head but i can tell you that i'm pretty sure they have the mo- the top 10 most attended games ever in mls history by themselves one through 10 is atlanta united atlanta united versus whoever um they have the most attended u.s open cup game the most attended you name it game they have they hosted they, have. they hosted mls cup in 2018 which they won thankfully and they you know smashed the record there they it's like 20 or 75,000 77,000 just ridiculous numbers that you would never see in mls that are rival some of the big basically the biggest teams in the world which is kind of amazing yeah they're one of the most attended clubs in the world if if the right clubs are going to the right places on any given weekend they're one of the most attended clubs in the world and i I heard what the number was, but it's not like in the top ten on the on not any given Saturday but on the right Saturday it's one of the biggest attended clubs in the world and I was like, oh my god, wow, that's incredible and Atlanta's not typically thought of as a sports town per se. But we sure have taken to this soccer team in a, in a serious way. What do you, do you in Augusta? Do you get a sense that the folks in Augusta are, are following the team now, or or are they kind of not following the team? Yeah, I don't think it's a huge following, like 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 you see in Atlanta, you know, with flags all over the place and murals popping all up over walls, but. I think Atlanta United sort of has that mystique like the Braves where they have fans all over the Southeast where you have, you know, your diehard core in, in the main city, but then you have people all over in the in the neighboring cities and, and states that really love the really love the team and fell in love with the team and will travel all over the place just to see them. And I think that's, that's what soccer is all about. I think it's not just local to one place. You have, you know fans of Dortmund and Iowa it's just just how soccer is you you fall in love with the team and you support them no matter what no matter where you are in the world it's absolutely amazing I mean, I'm I'm truly amazed back before COVID when I used to go 
to this mall and walk around. It was amazing all the all the soccer jerseys that you would see and all the Atlanta United jerseys that you would see. Um, so fundamentally, this is a history podcast, and I like in these kinds of episodes to talk about um, kind of your experience with the pandemic life. And so if you don't mind, I thought I'd ask you a few questions about that. Um, when was the first time you heard of COVID-19? Um, it had to have been sometime in either early February or late January. You would hear, you know, something happen- something's happening in China. You might want to pay attention. But, you know, I would I always hear crazy news stories like that, and I don't pay much attention just because you hear stuff every day and there's a lot of bad going in out going in the world. And if you, in my opinion, if you just pay too much attention to the negative, it's going to bring you down. But once, once it became undeniable that it was a thing that, you know, people really got to take, uh, take seriously. Um, uh, maybe a couple of weeks before the whole, it started really attacking the sports world. I mean, that's how I'm connected to most of the news through the sports world. So once it started really affecting, you know, uh, European soccer is when it started really getting serious. Well, speaking of that, let's, let me circle back around to soccer because you are, whether you know this or not, you are connected to Atlanta United through your, through your website and tweeting, I guess. But for me, it's through the website. But have you had European folks kind of reach out to you and ask you questions about Atlanta United or South American people or Latin American people? Oh, yeah. I mean, anytime someone wants to know about Atlanta United or learn about it, I'll get contacted by uh, European um, interesting countries, actually, like I get one email every 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 year from someone in. I think it's Russia. They do a MLS preview, and they always want me to contribute, which is pretty cool. Um, I think I think Latin America, especially like in Argentina, is where we have the most interest, just because we have so many so many Argentinian players come from that that part of the world to MLS, and especially Atlanta United. That there's such a connection between the two uh, regions that there's so many similarities and contrasting ideas that. We always link up and discuss it, and so it's a pretty interesting dynamic. It, it, it absolutely must be for you. Um, was there ever a moment like that you can remember where you, you had this little website going, and you like, and there was ever a moment where you realized, oh, okay, I'm really reaching out and touching people. Like I'm reaching out and touching people all over the place. Um. I really can't say that there's one specific um, instance. It's just been, it's just been phenomenal overall. Just the Atlanta United um, experience. I I look at it as we're along for the ride. We've been lucky enough to cover the team since before they even had a name, and we've been able to ride that uh, wave of momentum to become one of the you know however you want to look at it, one of the top sources of uh, information, news, however you want to look at it. And I don't look at it as we're, we're we, we, we forced ourselves into that position. I just look at it as we were lucky enough to be along for the run. 
Okay. Um, would you mind taking me through your your schedule for like a say like it's uh, a game day in like the U.S. Open Cup or the playoffs or the Campionas Cup? What's your lead up to that? Like, what's your lead up to all that? All right. So every, before every match, we have a match preview, like you know any other site would have, and then. Sometimes we'll talk to, say we're playing New York Red Bulls, we'll talk to the other, S, uh, the Red Bulls SP Nation site and, you know, like, what's going on with your team, what's going on with our team, we'll have a little back and forth to talk about that match. We have two podcasts on the website, we have Five Stripe Final and Mouths of the South, both of them will have maybe a, an episode per week previewing a match or reviewing a match, and then um during the match we'll have or on match day obviously we'll have our discussion post going on which gets you know hundreds of comments which is kind of crazy um <coughs> um basically a lot of our work is after the match really where we you know dissect what happened and give our thoughts and stuff like that oh wow so is there like a like, is there a moment where you, in your day, say before a game, where you're like, okay, uh, I got to do this now and that later, that kind of thing? Like, do you study the other teams? Do you um, like that? I mean, of course you do, but how do you go about doing that? Yeah, I mean, and. It's it's really hard to say that we study the other team just because MLS is such a weird league. Uh, thankfully, we're not the ones out there playing and having to do all the tactics. Um, we do have we have, do have people who write about tactics and um, you know what one team is good at and what we're good at and what we're doing poorly and what we need to improve on. Um, that's a huge that's a part of it. We do dissect stuff like that. Um, as far as you know, leading up to a game, there's really not much to, to say. We, we we try to you know give the fans a good idea of what to expect. You know what lineup they might can expect, who's hurt, what what kind of tactics we might be looking at. It's all building up to like when the when the team releases that lineup. I mean that's that's honestly one of the favorite parts of match day for me is when. You're building up to that lineup release, and once they release that lineup, it's just you know nonstop about oh I can't believe this happened or I can't believe this guy is starting or why is this guy starting? It's one of my favorite moments. Are are you on um? I mean, do you have you had to brush up on your Spanish? I guess for South American Twitter because we get a lot of our players from South America, or at least a lot of the really good ones anyway. Uh, I do not know a lick of Spanish. I use Google Translate like most people. Wow. Yeah, that's been one of the, the big uh, the big cool things about this internet age that you can actually just Google Translate. It's amazing. I mean, a more, a, more, a more cultured person would definitely try and learn Spanish, but I'm not that smart, unfortunately. Well, you're, you know. Um, no, I think you're being modest. I think I think you have this, I mean, this great website that I really wanted to highlight and put my spotlight on. And also, um, 
one of the main reasons I want to talk to you is because I really see this media revolution happening. And, you know, where do you think you fit into that with your website that honestly is how people see this team for a lot of people? Yeah, I mean, it's undeniable that new media is is really, I don't want to say taking over, but really getting a foothold in the landscape in regards to, you know, newspapers and what what have you. I think newspapers, old school newspapers and old school B-writers definitely still have a place in in the sport, but it's not like it was back in the day where bloggers and podcasters and what have you are, are frowned upon. I think it's undeniable that we have a real voice nowadays and we have to be taken seriously. And it, it feels good to say that we're a part of that. Yeah, no, it is. Um, okay. So, all right. So I guess we're going to wrap it up here unless there's something you wanted to add first about your website or whatever. Um, anything? No, I'm just ha- I'm just thankful you brought me on. Um, check us out on Dirty South Soccer. I guess probably weird to ask you a question since I'm the guest, but I, I'm curious. Oh, sure, go ahead, fine, fire away. I just want to know you since it's a history podcast. What's your favorite, you know, period of history to study and talk about? Oh my God! Oh, Lordy! Um, I really love what they call social history I, I which isn't a period it's like the history of common folks the history of everyday people but in terms of uh, my favorite period of history is nothing I actually went to school for um, but deep history like history before really before writing but as far as the history I went to school for I would say the British Empire and also the like the 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 Zulu are are fascinating, and I actually want to do a season on the Zulus with my podcast eventually, but uh, which will be funny because I'm a white guy, so that's not appropriation. That's genuine curiosity on my part. But uh, I just really love all history, to- just all history. Um, but um, yeah. But um, what's amazing to me is like how, not how easy a podcast is, but how, how you can reach so many people. Like there's a, there's a man in Mexico that listens to my podcast and his family listens and they love it. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's awesome. I'm, I, I don't obviously don't have the voice for podcasting cause I mean, listen to me, but it's cool that you can touch so many people and bring so many joys, so many lives. I love the, I love that there's so many specialities out there that people care about that you might not even think people would care about. Then, you know, you get a podcast about it and anyone can have one. Anyone can talk about anything. And it's, it's a great medium. Well, the thing that I think is amazing is I'm, I'm also talking about COVID-19 and I get these, you should see my Twitter, um, DMs and my Facebook DMs and my emails to my podcast. People email me all the time and like, thank you, or you're helping me save my family's life. 
it's it's really humbling, honest to God. Yeah, I mean, that's that's great. <laughs> it's so humbling. Um Okay, so I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to ask you to stay on the line while I download the feed. But is there anything you wanted to say to the internet? Say to the internet before we uh, end the session right here. Uh, nope. Thanks for you know having me on, and thanks for thinking I'm important enough to talk to you. Oh, you're listen. You're very important. I was <laughs> listen. I was amazed that you wanted to come on my podcast and talk to little old me. I, mean, I was just because your your website is like a go to website for me every day, every single day, especially in the off season. Yeah, that means a lot. I mean, that's what we're here. That's what we try to provide and the, the, have people like you out there that really you know, rely on it. it makes us makes it worth doing. I think, honest to God, you guys cover. Um, this is what's amazing to me, ladies and gentlemen of the internet about your website the quality of your website is that your website to me provides better coverage than the regular mls website and specific and for sure the atlanta united website for sure and that to me is is great it's just astonishing that that your quality is so good i appreciate it like my philosophy with with the writing anything really is do, do do I care about this? And will people, the people who read this, care about it? Like, I'll have stuff come up all the time. Like, you should write about this, but like, I don't care about this. Like, I don't think people will care about this, so I'm not going to write about it. Well, I'm here to tell you. Like, for example, I have a, I have a podcast on my feed about the history of the computer, and that is the this month. It was the number one downloaded podcast or I think it was number two or three, but it was way high up there by a mile, <laughs> you know, and that, that was amazing to me. So you never know what people will want to hear. You know what I'm saying? You, you never know what people want until you give it to them. But just, yeah. uh, what'd you say? I was like, yeah, absolutely. I agree. But just hang on the line while I download the uh, feed, please. Yes, sir. <laughs> 